Before I start today's episode, I would like to put out a trigger warning and a disclaimer. First, today's episode does discuss sexual and domestic violence and could trigger others. Secondly, our guest today is under 18 years old and was offered parental permission, not only out of regard for consent, but in respect of integrity. With the aforementioned information, I think anyone who is able to listen moving forward, thank you and kalangin. Let's get started. Hello, you're listening to Four Micronations by Micronations, and I'm Angela. I am a Micronesian American daughter, sister, auntie, and social worker. And today I have a guest, and I will let her introduce herself. Go ahead. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Sixa Michael. I am a 16-year-old Micronesian based in Alaska. Yes, Alaska. Us Micronesians are everywhere. Um, yes. <laughs> I consider myself an activist and I am the creator of the Instagram page, Asian Activist, which I created with my amazing friend, Loretta. We have a very small but strong following, but we will grow. So you should definitely check us out and be a part of the growth. <laughs> okay. And then what type of Micronesian are you? The hot one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm Chuki. And so your parents came from Chuuk to Alaska, or did they go anywhere else before? Uh, they went from Chuuk to Alaska. I also went from wow. Chuuk to Alaska, so I'm a, like a first-generation immigrant. Oh, wow. That is <laughs> mm-hmm. so cool. I follow this girl on TikTok who is Pacific Islander, and she works in the airport, and she does like all these like different videos with all the employees mm-hmm. at the airport. Do you know who I'm talking about at all? I feel like I do. Did they do like that one trend, like the Pacific Islander trend? Yeah, I, I don't know. the yeah. one with um the is it Sammy Johnson song or one of the songs? Yeah, the one that's like. I think I know who you're talking about because okay, airport yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, <laughs> oh, but yeah, I love her. So, as a Micronesian, what would you say is your favorite Micronesian superstition or tradition? Mm, okay, so I'm not sure if this is a Micronesian superstition or if it was just my mom. <laughs> but <laughs> growing up, every time I left like any of my school supplies like on the floor, my mom would get upset at me and say, Sexa, you can't leave your school supplies on the floor or else you'll do poorly in school. You have to place them somewhere high so that you will soar in academics. And I'm not trying to flex or anything. But I've been doing pretty well in terms of like, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like, kind of like ninety percent of me thinks it's because of that kind of. <laughs> so I know you said that your parents are like supportive of you being on the podcast, but are they like really supportive of you like being an activist and being involved in the community and everything like that? Mm, I'm not so sure because I haven't really talked to them about it. Okay. They like you know how in our Micronesian like uh society a lot of the things that um need to be brought up usually don't get brought up which I will Mm -hmm. like talk about later in this podcast so I'm not really sure I should ask it's interesting that you say that because people even say that to me like I think like I went to Washington DC and talked to politicians and then I had like put a post on Facebook and then people were like telling my dad and then my dad was like <laughs> so my sister he was like 
did you know that your sister went to DC and talked to politicians? And she's like, oh yeah, oh she's been doing that. And he had no idea. <laughs> and I feel like everybody's like, why don't you tell him? And I'm like, well, I have to like wait till I do something good before I tell my dad. Because I'm just, if I'm just like coming to my dad and like bragging about something that I have no right to brag about, like I can't flex if it's like super not complete. <laughs> I don't know how to explain why? it. <laughs> yeah, it's not impressive oh. if you're just like bragging about like yeah I'm gonna do this it's only impressive if you're like yeah dad I did this isn't that good <laughs> so, exactly um so yeah today we are meeting to discuss domestic assault and sexual abuse um so I looked up a little information as I usually <laughs> do um so on one of the Micronesian islands a study found that 76 percent of women reported being abused the same study in 2013 reported that there wasn't much research on the topic, and I couldn't find anything that was even more recent than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point of this podcast today, however, isn't just to highlight evidence-based research, but just to have a meaningful discussion and talk about how these topics have shaped our own narratives. So how has domestic assault and sexual assault shape your own life story? Unfortunately, domestic assault and sexual assault have like been kind of like the base of my life story Mm. I would not be the same person that I am right now if it wasn't for it um I was unfortunately molested by one of my family members and um I like I've never said it publicly but for the sole purpose of spreading awareness to this issue and letting other Micronesian victims know that they are not alone I've decided to like say it Mm -hmm. um yeah so you know ever since then like I've not been the same person that I like I was um and has like really changed me and I've always like wanted to spread more awareness to this issue so yeah wow (laughs) how do you think it it's impacted the Micronesian community as a whole um, okay, so I don't want to say that domestic abuse and sexual violence is normalized in our culture, because I genuinely do not think that our culture promotes violence at all. But right. um, domestic abuse and sexual violence has found its way through our society to where it's accepted and swept under the rug so commonly. Um Growing up in Chuuk, right, like I said that I was like a first-gen immigrant, mm-hmm. I have always heard of many domestic abuse cases, and the tone that it was told in, it wasn't um, shaming the perpetrator. Instead, it was more so, why did she get abused? What did she do to deserve getting hit by her husband? You oh, know, um, yeah. and of yeah, and I've also heard many cases of, like, rape. The Chuki society never really shamed the perpetrator and never really said the perpetrator deserves to be in jail. Instead, it was more so of, oh, what will the victim do now? Now yeah. that her virginity is gone, her purity is gone, what will she do now? Like, no one wants her, you know? And it's oh, so right. sad to think about it. Some part of that is due to colonialism, yeah Uh, with like the purity culture and everything and it's just so heartbreaking to even think about it's fascinating because I did the episode on colorism and something we talked about was that um with colorism that a lot of people who are lighter skinned it's in direct 
it's a direct result of you know these colonists coming over and raping our people mm-hmm. and so I mean I genuinely feel I'm not saying that there was no such thing as domestic assault or sexual abuse on the islands before colonists came onto the islands right. all I'm saying is that if the person in power is doing these violent acts I mean is it not possible to also think there there could be a correlation of why it's really become more prevalent oh, throughout, yeah. throughout history yeah Mm-hmm. Especially, like, I don't want to look into other um, communities and point their flaws out, since we have a lot of flaws on ours, but it's very prevalent in other communities, especially after colonialism and capitalism, capitalism and everything. So, yeah. And also, I've noticed that a lot of Micronesian families will sweep, on, like, their TVSA problems under the rug and will not even glance at other people's stories or like domestic abuse and sexual violence stories because they don't want their um, problems to be dug up as well. It's kind yeah. of like the mindset of not my family, not my problem. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I, I hate it so much because if you see someone that needs to be like helped, helped, you need to help them, you know, not just <laughs> help in sweeping their situation under the rug and everything. I know that. I I know somebody who is in the Pinglapes community or Punapean community because she grew up in Punpe, but she had put up a status on her social media not super long ago. And it was really well written. And it was just about how in our community, in the Micronation community, we're so worried about protecting these big secrets in our family that we're actually protecting these people who are committing these violent acts. It needs to be discussed because if we're not discussing it, we're not preventing it from happening to our future children and daughters. And it's just something that needs to be talked about, but we're, we're not willing to do it a lot of the time because we're so afraid that people will judge our family. And I'm not saying like the point is to shame a family or to shame the person who did it. But like I said, we obviously, that's why I like, I think you did such a good job of saying like, like we don't glorify it in our culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is absolutely true because if we glorified it, we'd brag about it, right? <laughs> right. Um, but I think the issue is more so that there's not discussion around it and that people want to hide it because they're so afraid of what this makes their family look like. And right. that in essence, like, you know, silence is compliance a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I mean, like, as a victim myself, like, I've sometimes felt that like I've asked myself, is family reputation like more important than my safety and um, like my well-being in general? So it is a major issue within our community. So when I was in graduate school, I learned about IVP, which stands for Intimate Partner Violence. Um, but there's a lot of studies around the fact that most people don't realize that most violence Um, that people fall victim to is from their own partners their own family members and just people that they know so like we always have this belief that like I'm going to be in public I'm going to be alone and then someone's going to attack me and I'm going to be violated but in actuality most people who become um, victims or survivors of crimes that are violent or abusive it's usually at the hands of somebody that they know on a personal level um so do you find this to be true in the people and cases that you know in terms of the violence that you 
you know, people that you know who have been at the hands of violence? Yes, I find it extremely true. I've been, like, talking more about, like, sexual violence since I'm, like, a victim of that. But also domestic Mm -hmm. abuse within our Micronesian community happens between a father and his daughter, a mother and her Mm. daughter, even a brother and his sister. Because brothers are apparently allowed to hit their sisters because they're men, you know? (laughs) Um, And it's disgusting. Uh, Domestic abuse, like, in terms of family. And I I really don't want to, like, shame anyone's family. I really hope I'm not shaming anyone's family. It shouldn't be normal for family members to hate each other and to abuse each other. I've seen many Pacific Islanders saying, oh, I got hit when I was younger and I turned out fine. Did you really? Did you really turn out fine? Right. That's a good question. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is such a good point. I've never thought about that. People who say that often, you're like, are, are you fine? Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who she said that she spanked her child and she mm-hmm. said that her and her son went to therapy and that they had a discussion in which she realized she had like this mind-blowing experience where she was like, I realized like, what am I teaching him really that like I would never hit anybody like I would never hit anybody in the world but I'm okay with hitting him why because he's a child and she's like so what are we supposed to say like it's not okay to hit people unless they're smaller and weaker than you and then it's okay like it's not teaching a good lesson I'm glad that she went to therapy and actually like had her eyes open to it I've never understood um the purpose of hitting your child like I've never really understood it and also like as a Micronesian woman you know women of color are often like hyper masculinized um and I'm going to <laughs> speak on um, Micronesian women in general like growing up yeah I've always said like oh Micronesian are like boys they can hit like boys they're not like girly girls you know they're not feminine so then we think that yeah. um Micronesian women can't be abused solely because they're hyper-masculinized you know and it's just not true because a lot of Micronesian women are domestically abused by their partners and everything so I really personally believe that there is a huge issue with alcoholism in the Micronesian community I cannot find any research (laughs) to help prove that this is a thing but I as Angela Edward believe that this is a huge problem in our culture I genuinely just feel like there's just not anyone who's done the research, but that doesn't mean that it's not a problem. It just means that nobody's, it, you know, that nobody's studied it yet. <laughs> but I think that this goes hand in hand with violence and when it like domestic abuse and sexual violence, because how many times do people do these violent acts and then afterwards say like, oh, well, I was drunk as if it's like, you know, some type of excuse or reason why it was okay and I just think that we should really stop and think about the fact that or or ask ourselves why is alcohol so important in our culture you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I just it really it's alarming to me but like I said I can't find anything to prove that it is a problem (laughs) (laughs) uh you know what Angela even though there's no like studies around it I agree with you um I mean, like, this is a different topic that I'm bringing up (laughs) right now, but uh, in colonialism, since the history of our people were not written down, apparently 
history of us did not exist until they, the white people, wrote right. it down. So I agree that it is a prevalent issue because I have witnessed it firsthand um, of how alcohol will be the excuse to violence. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's right. And I agree with you with how people should reflect on why alcohol is so like important, like why it is such an important factor to this. So I'm not going to like call out. It, I always have issues because I'm like, I really want to give examples when I talk about these things. <laughs> Me too. But I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to call people out either. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll just give like broad examples. But like growing up, like in, in our culture, a, a baby's first birthday is a really big birthday. So like when somebody turns one, there's always like this really big celebration. Mm-hmm. And it's always like the coolest celebration ever. <laughs> but growing up, I just remember there being these big parties and then everybody getting really really drunk Mm. and then like there would be fights and there's so many um venues that would refuse to which now I'm like oh yeah that is super racist (laughs) but there's so many venues in the area where like my family lived that would not let Micronesians rent the hall or book the venue mm-hmm. because they would say like, Oh, well, last time we let you Micronesians over here, you guys got in a big fight and you, oh, you God. broke a bunch of property, but it was because people were so drunk. But I think the biggest issue is why are we getting so drunk at a child's first exactly. <laughs> Sorry that I keep relating everything back to when I lived in two. Oh no. That's um, fine. But I remember I was like five or six when I moved out, but I, still evidently like remember um whenever uh someone would get drunk from like another village they would start shouting Mm -hmm. shouting from their village and going all the way down down to every other village Mm. while shouting and everything (laughs) and it was just so weird because um like my mom would usher all the kids into the house and be like, go inside the house, you know, all that. And I, I get that, but it was just so stupid for that drunk man to just start shouting and yelling and start being violent. Um, and I remember yes. once, like my brother was telling, telling me about um, this one guy who did that. And my brother was just looking at him and going like, what are you doing? And so the guy was like, oh, my bad, you know? And usually they do it when the men are out fishing, like the men of the other villages are out fishing and everything. And I, it's mm. so stupid. <laughs> so they're trying to intimidate yeah. like women and children. Yeah. Even me, like I have family members. Like I said, I'm not going to call anybody <laughs> out, but deep down, I hope that they're listening. I hope they're get I to, <laughs> Right. I hope they're listening because I really want them to take a deep look at themselves. But I have people in my own family who are just like, the sweetest souls in the world but when they drink they are just the ugliest person you will ever meet Mm -hmm. and they get violent and they want to fight their own family members Mm -hmm. and then other people see it and it's a disgrace to our family for people to see like our family fighting amongst each other but really it's because of alcohol it's so I just think this the alcoholism in the Micronesian community is something that I really think needs to be addressed and I think like in terms of the discussion of like of mental health and discussion of domestic violence and discussion of sexual abuse i really do think that alcoholism definitely has a place in these conversations as well mm-hmm. i i agree with you Angela. so my next question is kind of like a question that is like i don't know how we're going to answer this 
but what can we do better? <laughs> you know, that's a really hard question. <laughs> um, but you did touch on it, on how um, we should, like, spread more awareness on it, and the discussion should be more open. And I did say that I was going to bring up the subject of how um, DVSA is never discussed and everything. I was, like, molested when I was five, and I did not... I did not understand that I was molested until I came out to Anchorage. And in the third grade, we had, like in my class, we had a, a class about being touched inappropriately and what you should do, you know, say no, then you go and you tell a trusted adult. And I still like vividly remember my entire thought process, like, and how I felt in that moment because I realized, wait, what happened to me was wrong because he took advantage of a child, not because I, I was doing impure stuff because you know I was being doing sexual things. It was wrong because he took advantage of a five-year-old child. And it's so sad that when it did happen to me, I was ashamed of it because I thought, oh, my parents are going to get mad at me because I have done something impure. Not, oh, I should tell my parents because what he did was wrong. And in that sense, I felt like my community had failed on teaching me what was wrong about people touching me inappropriately. Like it had to take what, let me say, I was five then and I was like nine when I figured out that it was wrong. It took like four years for me to realize it was wrong and an additional one year for me to tell my parents. I love what you're saying too because I think that is the perfect answer to what we can do better. I think it's that we can talk to our kids because I even have a friend who she's a little older so she I don't know if you've ever heard of after school specials. Have you ever heard of that? No I don't think so. Okay so back in the day this was before my time as well. Back (laughs) in like the day apparently there was like this like um like 30 minute show that was on right after school and they taught all these random lessons. <laughs> so like but she said there was an episode about like good touch bad touch. Mm-hmm. Like what is a good way for people to touch you a bad way to people to people to touch you. And she said her her and her mom were in the living room they were watching the show and her mom looked at her and was like has anyone ever touched you like that? And she was like, "Yeah." And oh, she said God. that her mom was like, "What?" And it was a family member. And her mom had no idea. And she went and was like wanting to kill him. And then once once all of this came about, they found out that he did this to a lot of young family members, Mm -hmm. not just her. And so I think that you gave the perfect answer because I think it starts there. It starts with education. In our household. Absolutely. I feel like we should educate our sons and daughters on who Mm. can touch them where they can be touched yes. and who they can touch and what they can't do you know because when it comes to domestic abuse it is usually the men who do it you know and it's really sad uh so we should also teach our sons that you should never hit anyone um even if you think they deserve it you should not be hitting people um and we should teach our daughters that your voice matters saying no and in no way am I trying to invalidate um male victims I genuinely think that um 
they also have a voice and we should also um, spread awareness on them. But since I am a woman, uh, I am a Micronesian woman and the like most of the people I know that have been domestically abused or sexually abused are women. So I like speak in terms of like a woman's point of view, yeah. you know? From your perspective, mm-hmm. right. I think that that totally brings up the fact that we should A, believe people mm. unless they give us a reason not to believe yep. them later on but I think first and foremost we need to believe and investigate when people are telling us that something happened and secondly I think we need to teach people the basics of consent what consent is and how to respect consent yeah I agree especially since victim shaming and, and victim blaming is very prevalent in our community uh, and I was I right. I was also gonna touch on the topic that educate like sex ed sex education is kind of considered a taboo in our community and I yeah. I believe that should change because mm-hmm. not a lot of people know what safe sex is and you know everything related to that and I feel like that should change uh, parents should be more open about talking to their daughters about safe sex even if the parents want their daughters to be abstinent or whatever, it's still better to be safe than sorry. They should also have like the talk with their sons about it. And I know it's really awkward and I'm not like trying to push anyone to do that, but it's just a suggestion <laughs> from a 16 year old who has viewed many things. <laughs> but it's so true. Like it's, it's so necessary. Mm-hmm. I will share one resource and then you can tell me if you have any resources as well. But As far as resources, one that I wanted to give is that if you are somebody who is experiencing any type of domestic abuse or sexual abuse and don't know what to do, you can always call the domestic abuse hotline. Um, Their phone number is 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. Do you have any resources that you would like to share? The Comet Talk is a Polynesian-based podcast. It's on YouTube, I think. And a lot of their conversations differ from like poly talk to domestic violence and sexual assault and I think it's a pretty good um podcast to listen to um and there was also like this Polynesian theater thing I forgot the name uh but I was going to share it I forgot the name though but if you also want to donate to victims of DVSA uh napiesc.org is a good one n-a-p-i-e-s-d dot org is a good uh, place to donate to and also um if you're Micronesian and you're looking for a community to talk to about DVSA I suggest uh looking up growing up Micronesian on either Twitter or Instagram because she talks about DVSA and she's such an amazing person I look up to her bless her and her (laughs) and her followers uh are you I don't want to generalize, but since I am one of her followers and many, many of her <laughs> followers have said so, uh, many of her followers have been like victims of CVSA. So I believe it's a good community to follow along. And then um, cool thing. I know that Kavatox is Polynesian, but they've noticed that there is a need for these talks in the Pacific Island mm-hmm. community. And so Kava is actually an acronym that stands for commitment, but they used a K commitment against violence altogether Mm. and I think that they 
they do a lot of education around educating their men not to be perpetrators, I which I think that. is so cool. <laughs> well, that's all I had for today. So I always ask folks, is there anything you would recommend that people have to get onto? Any books, any movies, any shows, any podcasts, anything you'd recommend mm, to the listeners? I think I've already recommended some, yeah, the comic talks and everything. Yeah. And then what about you? Do you have any handles that you'd like to share where you yes. want people to follow you? <laughs> or anything you um, want people to follow? Okay, uh, definitely <laughs> Nisian activist. N-E-S-I-A-N mm-hmm. dot activist. And um, you don't have to follow my meme. No, I don't think mm, I don't think people would want to follow my meme. But if you do, it's uh, <laughs> if you do, it's six foot T R B L S I X C A T R B L. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's all I have for you. Thank you again for joining me. I appreciate you taking the time. Mm, to thank talk you for with inviting me. Well, you have a good day and a last You too. I don't know where you live, but you also have a good day or night. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This was another episode of Four Micronesians by Micronesians. Thank you for listening. Four Micronesians by Micronesians is an anchor production hosted, produced, and edited by me, Angela Edward. You can learn more about me at AngelaEdward.com and more about the podcast on the Four Micronesians by Micronesians Instagram page. If you have questions, inquiries, or recommendations for future topics or guests, please DM them into the Instagram page. I do want to recognize that I created this podcast in the home that I've settled in that colonists coined as Jackson, Michigan in the United States. This land is the land that originally was founded by the Potawatomi tribe that lived around what we now know as the Great Lakes. The Potawatomi tribe taught their children about the seven grandfathers' teachings of wisdom, respect, love, honesty, humility, bravery, and truth. And as kindred indigenous people, I want to honor their tribe and their respect for their ancestors by recognizing my gratitude for their space. All my Micronesian listeners and ally listeners, thank you again for listening and don't forget your self-care.